but I've made so many different friends all over the world and the UK just solely off two wheels and putting myself slightly outside my comfort zone. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up and welcome to episode 95 of Life in Motion. Today, I'm super excited to have an old friend with me from the UK, Luke Taylor. Him and I uh, met close to 10 years. It might have been a little bit longer than 10 years ago uh, at Camp Woodward. Uh, you know, we kind of both share the same passion of BMX. Uh, and now also a lot of his tra- uh, passion is transitioning into road cycling as well. So uh, I'm excited to kind of talk to him and learn what he's gained from the different experiences that he's had along the way, some of the places he's been, um, and, you know, what others can look forward to with it. So, uh, Luke, how are you? And thank you for being on the show. Hey, Jeremy, thanks very much for having me. It's uh, absolutely a pleasure to be here with you tonight. It's brilliant. So happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, it's been a while, uh, you know, obviously since, we, since we've seen each other in person. I know we kind of keep up uh, on social media and stuff. And, you know, finally, you know, I'm excited to kind of catch up a little bit during this episode and then also probably learn a little bit more about you that, uh, that I didn't know in, in the first place. So, you know, as uh, I guess to kind of kick things off, let's, let's kind of start with, you know, your origin story, you know, kind of where, where the journey began, where you're from, where you grew up, kind of hobbies and stuff you had growing up that kind of got you into uh, the, the bike world. Yes. So obviously my name's Luke Taylor. I am from England, I'm from a little county called Cheshire and a little town called Ellesmere Port. It's yeah, we're a little tiny corner of the Northwest of England, you know, right. And, um, it's probably, I'm one of them people I could say, I'd safely say, I don't think I'd move away from here. It's, it's got everything I need on my doorstep. Uh, I absolutely love it. Uh, I can't help it, but, you know, but say it's, it's my home and it's where I'm going to grow up and finish growing up or getting old now. Wow, I'm getting old now, Jeremy. <laughs> We're not getting yeah. old. It's just, yeah. age is just a number. Yeah, well, I'm 37 now, 38 this year. So, you know. <laughs> I'm no, definitely no spring chicken from all them years ago back at Woodward. So I've, uh, but I've been riding bikes now. It's, it's been all my life, really. It's, it's been one of them moments where I personally didn't click with any other sports as a kid, if I'm honest with you. I was always that, I was always them kids, same as my brother and a lot of my close friends, where we were all the ones building the kicker ramps and, you know, you know, jumping off curbs and finding our next little spot in the woods to dig uh, and stuff like that. And from from a very young age, it was that was where it all lay for me is in cycling. I always was looking for the next bike, the next best part. You know, um, how I can improve what I needed. You know, getting all the fashion clothing, like all the little devil <laughs> clothing and and all that kind of stuff. It was it's. It's just where it's, you know, it's led me, you know, I've, I've done a, as I got a bit older, um, I did a bit of, you know, rock climbing and, and a bit like that. But I found that after a little while of climbing, heights wasn't really in my favor. I started to get a little bit of a wobble. So <laughs> I just went back. <laughs> I just went back to uh, cycling. Because if you remember when we were back in Woodward, we were actually doing the ropes course. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, and when I came back from America, like it kind of carried on. Um, so we're just doing a little bit of uh, sport climbing, lead climbing and, you know, bouldering with friends and stuff like that. And, you know, did a couple of decent climbs outside and then 
and then my head fell off on a big climb, like a, a multi-pitch climb, and uh, the heights got the better of me, and I thought <laughs> that was time. It was time to hang up my harness because if my head falls off in a scenario like that, it's no good for anyone else, is it? No, no, not at all. And actually, to, to that point, talking about, you know, you and I working together on the ropes course and stuff, um, and I think this was this probably a couple summers before you and I met that we um, or that I started doing the ropes course. But I remember the first time I'm sure you remember Brandon uh, Aubrey yeah. was was the one who kind of got me out there. And I was he was like, hey, we need an opening here. Uh, I can probably get you a job doing the ropes course instead of being like the cabin counselor and that kind of stuff, which meant you were still around kids, but you didn't have to, you know, stay with them in the cabin at night and watch them all that stuff. It's like, uh, yes, please sign me up to that. And I was so terrified the first time I got on the ropes course. And the only thing I kept thinking about was like, I'm going to have so much more fun, not like, you know, being able to kind of have so much more freedom and that kind of stuff. If I just get over this and swallow this fear and, and I got through it. So uh, yeah, I didn't take yeah. it much farther than that though. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like that's what, you know, when it got me into climbing and stuff like that, like, when we were like taught how to do that it's like when you look back now you were we were in charge of like 20 <laughs> kids at a, 20 kids at a time like 30 like 40 feet, feet up in the, yeah. <laughs> in the air and you're like and these kids are just totally messing about and you're like and then you look back and you're like wow that was like I took that we took that in our stride and it didn't phase us at the time but then you when you look back you're like that was really yeah, that was really quite dangerous. <laughs> yeah, a lot of responsibility for us that we probably yeah, shouldn't have had, but you know. Yeah, that's what yeah, that, that's what it feels like. You know what I mean? Like obviously they, they trained us how to tie, you know what I mean? And we were checking harnesses. And it's like when I look back now, it's like taken for almost like not necessarily taken for granted because we were careful, but it's like, you know what I mean? It only took one little slip or anything like that. And we were only we were only we were only young. Yeah, <laughs> bunch of ratty BMX kids out there with like gymnasts and cheerleaders going through you know their teams and stuff. It's like, why are you guys in charge? But we got through it. <laughs> well, we did. And uh, what was the um the main guy that used to Paul that used to run it? Paul, the uh, the hippie guy. Great, oh yeah, bag of weed. He was great. He um didn't. Uh, he used to go off into the mountains, didn't he, and climb while he was on yeah. camp and stuff like that, didn't he? Yeah, no, he he was a legit uh, a legit rock climber. Um, climber, yeah, yeah. He so, was he was he was really good at it, wasn't he? Yeah, he he knew all the kind of the gyms in the in the middle Pennsylvania woods and trails and mountains and stuff. So um, I never went out with him there. You know, like I said, I'm not really a rock climber myself, but I you know I did the job, but. I know a lot of people went out there and some some cool sites and that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. we definitely uh, got up in them Penn State, um, them mountains and them forests up there. What you guys got over there compared to what we have, we're just we're just a drop in the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so beautiful over there. I still miss over there. Like I really want to just get my road bike now and start doing some cycling and that over there because obviously even like the likes of um, Jamie Beswick and. Uh, they're on, they do road bike cycling now and um, Ronnie Napolitan, he does it as well. He does a bit of mountain biking and same with Alistair, do a lot of mountain biking and, and stuff like that. So, you know what I mean? There's still, there's plenty to still even do that. Like even after life, after BMX. Oh yeah, totally, totally. But so, and before we get too, too kind of into, the, yes. into that part of it. So I want to take a, a step back to, to, you know, kind of 
you and your brother and, and whatnot, you know, always building the next jump, digging wood ramps, oh, yeah. finding the next thing. So I, I guess, did, was it, and I'm sorry, is your brother older than you? Yeah, my, bro- my brother's three years older than me. Yeah, okay. he's, uh, so he's 40 now. Like. So did he, was he the one who introduced you to BMX in the first place? Or like, how, how did you, how did you pick that up? Um, see, I think like, even though like my brother plays a huge role in my life, um, like he, I think we were in, in into it exactly. You know, obviously I, you always follow your big brother's footsteps. You always do. Yeah. So I think he'll have started that passion. And then obviously then for me, it's then obviously getting my group of friends and then but me and my brother, as always, like we always ended up with the same group of friends. So we, we spent a lot of our youth together which is in some ways you know what i mean quite strange isn't it you know what i mean for i would say it's a little bit strange for you know uh the uk culture for brothers to be so close yeah if that makes it is it the same for you guys over there like are you like like some people be like oh you hang around with your brother and you're like yeah i love hanging around with my brother yeah i mean i think i think it kind of varies you know it, obviously kind of the the family situation but also probably the age group as well like like um yeah. reagan and her sister are four years apart my wife reagan um and they're they're pretty close um my, my sister and i are about six years she's about six years younger than me but it wasn't until like i was in college and she was about to graduate high school that like her and i actually started like hanging out i guess in that case um, yeah. like our, our two little kids now, uh, oh, we have three, but our, the two, the two are a three-year-old and a two-year-old and they're like attached to the hip now at this age. So I imagine that they're going to be that same way for the rest of their life. So I think it just kind of, you know, kind of varies, you know? Yeah. It's, I like, you know, I mean, if I can put one thing out there to people, it's like, keep them, keep your family real close. You know I mean, especially like your brothers and stuff like that. You like, you always look up to your big brother and I know I have for mine even though he is a pain in the backside. <laughs> um, but there we, and then we used to, from there, we would then like jump in the, my friend's van when we all been able to starting to drive and we'd, we'd drive all the way up to Scotland and we'd be like, four of us would be sleeping in the back of the smallest van you've ever seen. And the bikes would still be inside the van while we're <laughs> sleeping in the van as well. And then we're, we'd be riding and then we would just ride for days what you know what i mean it just wouldn't stop and we'd be going from spot to spot to spot and like um places visiting places like um livingston as a strong like bmx heritage background and even to visit in then places like unit 23 it's a huge indoor skate park it's like um you know where chris kyle mainly rides when you see all the footage of chris kyle riding inside. yeah that's that it's a place called unit 23 that and it is absolutely ginormous and we just we just go and that's it it's like when you're so young is take them opportunities of as soon as you can drive drive you know what i mean go there like we'd spend four hours five hours i know that's again for you for you guys that's a drop in the ocean but that's halfway across this entire country for England. yeah yeah you know <laughs> so that that to us is quite far and chasing them and like running it like when it starts raining finding the under the bridge spots and 
you know, doing, finding, trying to learn new fly out tricks and just keep going and always seeking out that new trick. So, so to that point, I mean, you mentioned like a, a lot of, you know, similar things that I did kind of growing up in that extent is, I mean, what, what was it about it that kind of kept, <clears throat> excuse me, kept you, uh, I guess, interested in it? I mean, t- to me, there's so many different aspects of kind of BMX and the culture to it. There's the riding, there's the community, there's the adventure in itself of finding a new spot. Like you mentioned, like what, what was it that kind of you know, kept you going through all the, through all those years, you know, to, to continue kind of that, that journey. Yeah. It, again, it's, it's friends, it's friends you made along the way. Uh, so my circle of friends that I've got now from when I used started riding. So I started riding back in 2000, went riding BMX in 2000, probably. And so, you know, I mean, for a lot of some listeners now, like that's what, even before they started, we were born now you know to a lot of some listeners but for yeah. me that's when it all started and even to some of my closest friends they were even riding e- even in the like mid 90s and stuff like that it's like but none of us went to the same school none of us were in the same friends circle before we met do you know what I mean and now we're this group of friends that are now still in a group a group chat and ride together to this day you know what I mean? That's like 22 years of a, a group of friends that still meet up regularly. And then having that group of friends that, that pushed you and motivated you to get on that bike every day and made you want to ride because it was such a diverse group. There was always somebody wanting to ride a bike. You know yeah. what I mean? So, not if, so if somebody had plans, it was always somebody that was in that group I'm like I'll ride I'll ride and it was everybody was hungry for it <laughs> and um what made it even what made me drive a lot more is uh, one of my friends is one of my real close friends now his name's Owen Clegg he um he was obviously a, a professional rider as well and he was his best friend is Alistair Whitten you know, a couple so of uh, legends, right? Of, yeah, a couple of, you know, I mean, Alistair and Alistair obviously, obviously got real professional and ended up moving to America now. And he was actually becoming one of their friends. And then when I was like, oh my God, one of my friends is a very a, a professional BMX rider. And I was like, what wasn't there more to love? You know what I mean? It's like, when when he was in the UK, you'd go to places and then all these kids would just flock over to him. <laughs> and yeah, and it was, you're almost like swept up in that moment. You're like, this is amazing. You know what I mean? It's like, these kids look up to him in such a big way. And it's like, that's like, in a sense, that's what I wanted. You know what I mean? I wanted people to look up to me. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally does. I mean, you know, be it, be an influence in, in one way or the other and, and kind of to touch a little bit on that point, like you, you said, you know, such a diverse group of riders and, you know, you have, you know, you and your friends and, you know, then you have, you know, Alistair and, and everybody else. And it's, that's, that's kind of one of my favorite things about BMX is, you know, you're, each person is kind of in control of, you know, what they can and can't do on the bike, but 
at the same time, when you're, if you're with somebody who's just learning how to jump a, a box versus somebody that's backflipping a box, there's still, um, there's still like a, uh, I don't know if community isn't what I'm working, uh, looking for, like a, a connection there almost, you know, where, where the, the little kid is still egging on, you know, the older rider, Hey, do a backflip. I want to see you do if they're trying to work on a harder trick or whatever, but at the same yeah. time, that person's doing a much harder trick is still doing, Hey man, you were so close to clearing at that time or, you know, whatever, whatever they're trying, no matter the skill level, there's still that kind of camaraderie maybe is what I'm looking for. Um, which I always, you know, found really fascinating, you know, with it because it's, you know, it's, there's, there's no, you know, no limitations, I guess, in that, in no. that standpoint. And that's the thing is like you, someone will always look up to you is like, regardless of what you do at some point, whether it'll be me on my road bike now, whether it was me back on my BMX, you know I mean? There was always a point where some kid has asked me, how do you do this? Yeah, and and the one and the one thing about the cycling community, they never snubbed each other. You would always go, well, okay, so how about like I've watched the okay, and you'd be like, okay, show me how you're trying to do it, and then they'd show you how they're trying to do it, and you would always just you go, okay, I'll give you, and you'd try and influence them with a, a couple of little pointers, and you're like, how did that feel? And they're like, a, a bit better, you know what I mean, like try and do one more pedal stroke to jump that jump. You know what I mean? Or try and stay a bit focused. You know what I mean? And then they'll appreciate that. And then yeah. they'll be like, and then next time you go to that skate park, they'll be like, ah, it's, it's you. And then over that. So let's say it's a skate park you don't regularly visit. And then you go back a month later and that kid's there again, which I have seen before now. And he's like, look, I can do it now. And he's remembered you because you give him advice. Yeah. And they're, and they're just, and they're stoked not on snubbed it. Him. Yeah, and, and, and they're, they're even happier that you've come back and they can now show you their progression. Yeah. What's not, what's not a great, what's not a better feeling than realizing that you've helped that kid achieve something? Yeah. Brilliant. That's all. And actually, and, and it's funny too, because that reminded me of a, of a thing as well, is that can work. Like, I feel like that's also not age. Um, like age doesn't matter in that situation. Cause I keep remembering a time. Um, and of course I'm blanking on his name now, but he was a, uh, and you, I don't, you probably don't know him, but he was a camper. One of the first years that I was there. Um, and he was pretty good and he's still pretty good. He actually worked at Woodward a couple of times as well. While I was still working once he got older, but, um, he, he taught me a much better way to, to do a, a bar spin. So like, every time I do that now, I'm like, Oh, well, I would have never known this. if You didn't give me this tip. And like you, those kind of things stick with you. And I, and to that point, like I said, he, he was a, a camper at that time. So he was much younger than I was, but yeah, you still, you still have that, that, that bond and sort of that relationship just over something that a lot of people think are so silly as two wheels, but it kind of has no, no boundaries or, or, or barriers in that sense. No, not at all. It, it, and you can still, and you can push that same aspect on, my now road cycling because like obviously I, in a sense I know there's still a lot of younger riders out there but when I do go to races now I'm like I almost see myself as like one of like you know like the younger group of the category <laughs> yeah like, don't, get me, don't get me wrong I still know there's a lot younger riders out there that but a lot of the races I go to I do look like one of the youngest riders there and some of them um 
and even then some like even the older guys then still ask i and a lot of the older guys are faster than me but they'll still ask questions yeah you know i mean when you're like when you're waiting at the start line they'll be like they'll be like what do you think of racing in because obviously what do you think about racing in that position and you're like oh this position or like you know xyz you'll pass that advice on and whether they'll take it on board but they still ask and we still share our knowledge and that's what makes the bond brilliant in cycling in general because it just brings because it's the love of two wheels and people just want to talk about it why would you why would you snub somebody or not or try and shrug them off in a community that you're in yeah no i i totally agree and 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 so, and then kind of going to uh, taking a, a little step back kind of to that same point, you know, when, you yes. know, you, you were, you know, riding with, you know, Alistair, who was obviously, you know, a big name, um, and Owen and, and everybody else. So obviously they sort of took you under their wing in, in that kind of stance when, you know, I guess, and then, you know, I'm sure at that point, then you saw kind of Alistair, okay, he made the jump to the States and kind of all that stuff. So when, yeah. when, I guess, when did you not only kind of see BMX as, you know, obviously this friendship, this activity, everything that we kind of just mentioned, but then as a way to experience the world and in a sense of travel and experiencing new things, you know, that you might not with any other hobby, like when did, when did that happen? And sort of what was that, what was that like? Oh, so for me, like, it was probably um, when my friend Lewis, he's a lot younger than me, he convinced me to um, enter the uh, Montpellier uh, competition called Fees. Okay, yeah. You know that? Um, and he was like, uh, he was like, enter this. And I was like, oh, I don't know. It was like, enter this. So and then we flew all the way to France. And then when we were actually riding the course and everything would seem massive. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And then, and then the and then the crowd started building and then the crowd started building and building. And I, I was like, and then the, and what unfortunately happened is the pressure got to me. I bottled it. And then on the, on the literally dropped in and cased blew my back tire out within the first five seconds. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know man. what I mean? So yeah, literally within, like literally first drop in, you know, first quarter pipe to do me air hit the quarter pipe blew me back tire out bottled it and just was like oh and then they're like try and ride another bike and i was like no 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 it's like totally wimped out totally but it drove me to uh like i was like even though i never really entered competitions as a bmx rider i was it only made me want to get better at riding my bike so i'm never in a scenario where i would blow me back tire out where you know what i mean where i would bottle it where it would be like okay everybody that's riding in this competition is in the same boat as me so what you know looking back why didn't i just think everyone else is in the same boat doesn't matter where your position just go out and ride your bike it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how good you are at it if you can ride a a competition course which are normally a lot better than skate parks you know what i mean the ramps are bigger the higher the you know what i mean they're well set out why wouldn't you want to get that opportunity to ride that course instead of sitting on the sideline going, I'd like to ride that course. Yeah. Do it. Do it. You've got, you know, nobody's going to laugh at you. Nobody laughed at me. Nobody like for laughing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. sorry. So I'll take that back. The crowd didn't laugh at me. My friends laughed at me. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
that's it. That's why they don't, they wouldn't be friends if they didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's true. So, and it was great. And then one of my friends who, who, who actually entered into the amateur category, same as me, he ended up, did he win it or did he? Yeah, he won it. And he ended up coming out with a bike from it. Uh, yeah, did he won it? I can't remember whether he won it or got second place. He ended up coming out with um, a brand new frame and a load of goodies, you know what I mean? So he might have got second place or something like that. And it was just unreal, you know what I mean? He, he actually really busted it out. And he, he actually it proved the point that, you know, just being humble and being a good rider, you can achieve whatever you want, you know what I mean? And then that then got me going again to be thirsty to ride even more. And then, you know what I mean? Start going a bit more traveling. Start going like, yeah, a lot of my riding was UK based um, on BMX. And then, but obviously riding in France and then going to find, you know, like the, um, the big drainage ditches going to ride them and um, finding that riding all them through the rest of the vacation that we had, it was just unreal. Um, I wouldn't, you know what I mean? Just go and do that kind of thing. Book a flight, go and ride a, a course. You got nothing to lose. No one's going to laugh at you. It was brilliant. Yeah. That, that, that's awesome to kind of, uh, I've it's, it's a one experience that, but then also you know, I, I've in much younger days, I, I, entered in a couple contests and that kind of stuff. And I totally know what you mean by the, you know, you're like, Oh, wow. Everybody's looking at me now. I don't know about this. And, you know, kind of, kind of get a little off balance or whatnot. Um, you know, I've definitely experienced that as well. So, so your, your friend kind of encouraged you to, to enter, enter the contest, you know, obviously go to, to France, experience that. Um, yeah. what, I guess what was like, after that, and it, and it sounds to me like that was the first time sort of out of the country for you, uh, at least for a BMX perspective. That's that's right. It was. Yeah. So then where where was kind of that next plate? You know, like you said, it kind of left you still hungry for more and more experiences. So so what was kind of the next place and the kind of the next evolution there? Um, obviously, again, doing more um, like obviously UK based stuff. And um, I remember when uh, Nike put on a, um, a BMX competition in uh, the UK in London where there was a leisure center um, like a, and they were about to tear it down and what they what Nike decided to do is put a huge competition on inside the leisure center and convert the swimming pool of this leisure oh, yeah, center yeah. into into a skate park and like even and obviously that was invite only, um, you know, to actually ride the the competition itself. But obviously, as my friend, one of my obviously my friends, were professional riders, they were invited down to it. Obviously, and they they were just like come with us, you know what I mean? And getting to ride that whole setup was unreal. It was it was probably the hardest ramp setup I've ever ridden in my life. Even yeah, I remember day, that looking being, back. I remember yeah, that being a pretty uh pretty gnarly uh setup. I I do remember what you're talking about. Yeah, it was just the ramps because they built it out of um because it was like a they wanted to do it as cheap as possible because it was only going to be torn down and demolished. So why would you put money into it that's going to be torn down? So they tried to I think it, a lot of it was built out of using like um plyboard you know that you know uh, or chipboard yeah 
so the it was it was almost like super rickety and it was just the hard and I, I just remember just being there and just like going and then watching the professionals that had flown in from Americans to fight ride these ramps like it was nothing. I like it like they were normal, you know, silky smooth. <laughs> They were like they were shaped like fifty p's, like you know, like like proper like a proper hexagon, just so sharp. And I was like, I, I couldn't get used to riding, but these guys were just killing it. And I just wanted to be again that again. I was like, I want to be able to be adapt to ride like these. Can you know what I mean? They've flown in from America. They've been given a scenario that's a tough one at the best of times, and then they're just told like, go on, go for it. And it's just brilliant to see. And again, it made me want to improve the way I ride. And, and it, I feel like it did improve me, you know what I mean? And just taking small pointers. Because I think Chris Doyle, of like a BMX, he flew over for that as well. And then watching him fly, you know, ride them ramps. And I still remember that there was like um, a huge drop uh, into the pool that was uh, off one of the diving boards. That was in the pool itself. It was brilliant to see and watching them all ride up back. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. That that's was, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's something I'd recommend. Like again, like in your community of BMX or whatever part of cycling you're doing, whether it be mountain bike and stuff like that. Even though, yeah, that was quite a um, a big thing being nice stuff like that. When you hear about these competitions, go to them definitely i can i can't stress that enough go to him don't be that guy who said he should have should have would have could have do you know what i mean yeah i should have gone i would have rode that i could have rode that so why didn't you be you know just do that type of riding go out there and just got nothing to lose yeah yeah all the all the kind of the the fun different ones and you know even like the ones you know here in, in the states uh the the one that trey jones has been doing the swamp fest or whatever which looks yeah. so gnarly um that is but... insane seeing that. <laughs> i can't even imagine what those jumps and ramps they put together are actually like in person or ride i i like like you see the uh they did like the um the uh grinding loop the full loop oh yeah 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 <gasps> Yeah, I mean, it's, like these people, and have you seen them? And the and the run up to them is just terrible. It's, like it's worse. <laughs> and then they go, but but these but these people show up and they do it. Yeah, yeah. It, when you go back and ride a silky smooth ramp, you will have improved <laughs> ten times. <laughs> exactly. You don't have to worry about that screw popping up in the middle of the transition, or you know, no. <laughs> um, definitely not. over in Swampfest, you've got to worry about people trying to jump motorbikes as you're trying to do a, a grind yeah there there are some some things to watch out for there for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's insane so so yes. so you kind of just started uh you know kind of following kind of the, those different kind of contests that, that were kind of around around your area it sounds like um yes and, and then, in the uk they have um there used to be a series called, I don't know if you've got used to it, like, um, they're called the Backyard Jams. I don't know if you oh, remember yeah, hearing yep. about them. Yep. So they, they actually stopped doing them for a while, but they're actually returning this year now. Oh, so nice. they're, actually happening, they're actually happening again, So which is really good for, to see from the likes of um, 70s distribution and stuff like that. And all them guys actually getting back behind it and bringing the competition scene back, which you see, because it kind of 
it did die out over the last couple of years. Obviously, we know the reasons why that's happened. Don't, yeah. Let's not go into that one. Um, but now to see him coming back and like we used to like in the UK, there used to be like used to be one in the north, one in the south, and one in the middle. You know, you know, you know, just so the whole country got to experience going to watch pro riders and stuff like that. It was brilliant. And you know, putting that that kind of we used to, and we used to go to all of them, whether it be a five hour drive, a three hour drive, a, a two hour drive. We'd 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 all get in a convoy, and we'd all sleep in our cars. You know what I mean? <laughs> or sleep on someone's hotel floor. It was just and just they were just the best experience. Going to ride them courses and just riding them was just brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, no, those are, and those are just, those are experiences and memories that, you know, you'll, you'll never, never forget, you know, even looking back at, you know, sleeping on the the hard hotel floor room or, you know, trying to get comfy in your, in your car or whatnot. Um, you know, yeah. that's kind of, at the end of the day, that's all, you know, sort of what it's all about. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's definitely, the, you know what I mean? It's like, I remember when we did one competition that was in the very South of the UK and, um, Edwin De La Rosa, BMX rider from New York, obviously he does. Don't think he really rides anymore, does he? He um, he had flown over, and one of the kids that we hung around at the time was obsessed with his riding style. And then you've never seen somebody so starstruck. <laughs> you know, when when he actually met him, he was like, he just even though his name's Edwin, he just kept calling him Eddie. Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> he's like like this starship kid and Edwin De La Rosa's BMX rider from America is just looking at this little kid like what are you doing <laughs> you know and just but to see to almost see that as well you know what I mean they're famous you know what I mean to us to any other anyone else outside the BMX community they're just a normal person yeah but in that in that BMX community so many people are like you are that celebrity it makes people passionate about seeing you, about wanting your autograph. Because it's, it, I used to do it. I remember um, Joe Rich came over, oh, yeah, yeah. Rider again. He came over to the UK. And I was the same kind as that kid when I was a kid. Like when he came over, when he used to have his big dreadlocks and he came over, I was so, I was the same. I was so star struck. I bought like um, a terrible one uh, sticker pack and I got him to sign it. And I've still got it to this day. That's awesome. I said, yeah. And I was, you know, they, you know, the terrible one, um, the barcode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got the, I got that sticker pack and I got him to sign. I've never been so starstruck in my life. And I don't think I could, like, I just love to look every now and then and just get it out of the box and have a little look and like, <laughs> what I'm seeing that time. And they're great memories when you, because they are our famous people, aren't they? Yeah. No, they, they totally are, you know. Um, and especially in that community, you know, that kind of, that fame gets, that gets, it gets heightened, you know, um, and, and to your point, kind of the way BMX is for the most part, you know, it's, it's, it's easy for a kid or whatnot to make that connection with the pros when they, when they see them at a park or whatever, you know, which is, which kind of makes yes. it accessible in that way, which is awesome. And that's where the likes of Woodward really comes into this thing where, because they have the invited pros that come down 
and to see them guys over there, like when I was there, there was who was there? Um, Morgan Wade had came down. Obviously, Jamie Bethwick's a, a resident there. Um, I'm trying to think who else was there when when we were there. There was just like, um, I think did Drew Bizanzen came down when we were there as well. Uh, like, he, yeah, he might have I been think, there then. I think, I, I think it, I think he might have been there as well. I think he popped in and like. And then just to see, like, even us as people of riders, well, obviously we were in our twenties then. Um, seeing them, even then, I was like, oh my god, it's it's you know it's Morgan Wade, and you know what I mean, it's it's brilliant. Yeah, seeing them people, it's it's just they they are our celebrities, aren't they? Regardless of you know the Kardashians or Kanye <laughs> West or whatever, you know what I mean. To us riders and the people at Woodward and stuff like that of the BMX community, like seeing them, they are celebrities, and it's so good to see when you get to when, especially as a kid, and you get to ride with them. Because in the UK, we don't have summer camps like you do over there, like the likes of Woodward and stuff like that. That's not a thing in the UK, believe it or not. Oh really? Yeah. Did you wow. did you know Did you know that like we no, don't, I mean, don't, yeah, there's nothing like that in the UK at all. No, I didn't know that. I, you know, I assume there might be some sort of similar version to that, not necessarily as as big, but I didn't know. I didn't realize nah, that it was like that. It, no, there's 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 nowhere where the kids go away for a week or anything like that. It's that whole scenario has just changed. There's just there's never even from when I was a kid to now, you might be able to get like see even even now, like trying to think if I know like the younger generation because obviously I I teach uh, in my line of work I teach the younger kids now like, like when I say younger he's, in his, he's 19 now um I teach them but they say they never used to do anything when they were kids you know they, they don't do summer camps in the UK or anything like that so I feel like in America where you have these big summer camps they are so it's like it's it helps build a community where in the UK it's something that's lacking yeah, it kind of kind of brings everybody together in that light. So, you know, obviously, you know, growing growing up, you you know, anybody that rode BMX or skateboard or whatever, you know, knows what Woodward is. Um, yeah. So, so I'm sure you knew about it for a very long time. But what what kind of sparked you to to do that? Obviously, there's um, you know, you, you gotta you gotta fly over there in the first place. You know, there's that. Yeah. There's also I I know some a little bit of differences with with people who work there outside of the United States because of visas and all that kind of stuff. So you're so you're kind of just there on quote unquote vacation uh, for but for an extended period of time. So what what was it about that kind of got you over there and wanted to wanted you to or and that made you want to go over there and kind of experience all of that? So when I was obviously, so I was uh, in my 20s, I think I, uh, when I first, like, obviously, so I was in full-time work, uh, you know, life was in a real good place, just in general as a 20-year-old, 20, 20, I think, what did I think, when I say I was 24, I think, I think I was about 24 when I was over there. Um, and then um, my boss at the time of the company, because obviously I'm a car mechanic, um, he announced that he was uh, basically terminally ill. Um, and he, he basically diagnosed with Parkinson's. And so I was like, okay. So, and then the Parkinson's got really bad to a point of where he couldn't do his job. 
So he, he actually turned, because obviously it was only me and him, it was only a small garage, nothing massive, you know what I mean? We just did the cars, we got by. And he just turned around one day and he's like, I can't do it anymore, you know, like really quite upset, you know, realised that because of this Parkinson's disease is obviously it affects the uh, the brain and the the muscles in the body where obviously it starts to cause tremors, you know, like Michael J. Fox. Yeah. So he he eventually, he, he said to me, like, look, I'm going to have to close the doors. And I was like, oh, and I, like, I was like, and then I was telling Al, Alistair at the time, because obviously he's married to his, his wife, Lindsay, and her dad uh, is the owner of Woodward itself. So he was like, well, what you did, what are you gonna like? I was chatting with him one day, saying, "I'm oh, just coming out of a job, got to start looking for a job." And he was like, "Well, have you got any money saved up?" And I was like, "Yeah, I've got quite, I've got a bit to tie me over." He was like, "Come over here." I was like, and I was a bit like, "What?" Like, come <laughs> and work at Woodward. He was like, "Come and work at Woodward for the summer." Like, um, when so camp starts like mid-May, was it? Is it normally? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it, so yeah, like the pre-camp and stuff starts around that time. And I think actually kids get there on like the first week or whatever in June. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think I got there. So uh, Alice, I was like, he goes, so I flew out in May uh, before camp and everything started. And um, when he was like, let's go down, he was like, I, I took me down to camp before it was all open, introduced me to everybody. And then he was like, and then he straight away told me, you need to go and get your room, which was obviously what we knew it as is Protel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cabin one upstairs <laughs> at the top of the stairs. Because I remember there was me, you, uh, Brandon was in there and um, Kyle was in there, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, at, at first. And then obviously we shot and then it was, it was, he's like, you need to get your bunk in this room. This this room, it was like this room will make you will make you the most friends, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, this room will make me my friends. He's like, he's like, yeah, this room will make you your friends, and I was like, because uh, then um, we also because obviously people come and went for the years, and then that was it as well. Um, I had um, Brock Railford as a bunkmate, didn't I as well for a while? He shared our room as with us. Oh yeah, he? yeah, he did. He did, yeah, and that's obviously, and then. Um, Brock actually uh, drew me a tattoo design, which I actually have on me now. <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. He's like, because he, he, he was, he's obviously, he was into tattooing and stuff like that. And he's like, I, I drew you this. And, it, it, and I drew it and I said, I'll get it tattooed on me when I get home. And I did as soon as when I got home, I, I had it tattooed on me, you know, again, more memories from friends that you make abroad and stuff like that. And I can look down on my skin now and say, Brock Railford drew that for me. And then I had it <laughs> so decided awesome. when I got home. Yeah. Um, so obviously, um, Alistair was like, come over here. Uh, let's get you, you know what I mean? And you need to enjoy yourself instead of just working. Because the one thing Alistair always done is Alistair chased his dream. You know, regardless of, because obviously Alistair was a, originally, he did stunt shows. Then he became a pro BMXer. And obviously now, Alistair is now a stuntman for movies, isn't he? Yeah, I think that? he does do some of that. Yeah, yeah, he's obviously he just done the. He's been in like sort of James Bond and stuff like that, and you know what I mean, and all them real like real proper like ace class movies of like being a stuntman in them, all because he chases his dream. So I thought to myself, it was my turn, you know, to 
go and do something for me. I wanted to, you know, I was like, oh, like, because I was, you know, like, I woke up, I went to work, I came home and I rode my bike. And Alistair was like, why don't you sleep, ride BMX, sleep, ride BMX, and go party? And I was like, why wouldn't I do that? And then I was like, I was in a position in my life where I could do that. And I thought, you know what? I just, I, I had to go all the way down to London. I had to get a train down to London and have an interview with um, the American embassy on why I wanted a, because I went I went from May till September, I think I went still. And then so I had to have an interview to say why I was staying so long. And I had to like prove like I had enough money to be there as a, um, I, like on vacation. And I had to prove I was going to be living at Alistair's house. Uh, it was just, it was a whole scenario, the whole, scenario was very scary because <laughs> you just yeah. want to get you want to get your visa don't you you want to get your visa and you're like and then they're like and then they take your passport and then they're like we'll we'll post your passport back to you in six weeks time and you're like and then and then, and then from that point on I knew it was happening and I always I knew things were going to be different change was definitely on the cards for me and I was so excited to actually be like oh I'm actually in a sense I'm, I was moving to America yeah and I was like yeah and I was like I was so overwhelmed with it all and I was so excited that that was actually going to happen and then and then obviously that's then as camp started and that's when I started to meet everybody and then I met yourself you know I mean Brendan Kyle um Brock you know just meeting everybody and obviously um remember the uh two Australians Heath and James about or Yimmy yeah yeah yep. yeah yeah um James is living in Norway or something that was like that. Yeah, it's it's yeah, I, th- I think that is the right country. Um somewhere cold, yeah. I know that. Yeah, definitely cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um I so every now and then they pop up on social media and I still sort of like see, you know, obviously and you see all them friends that you made from there and then you see like um so all some of the, the different like the, the cheer girls and stuff like that that we met friends with and like uh, I think one of them does some kind of modeling one of them does uh, works in disney um wow. you know i was like yeah one of them works in disney you know like on the you know the big parade floats i didn't know yeah, that so she, yeah yeah she um uh she does like the parade floats in disney and stuff like that you know like um doing all, all the acrobats on this on the um floats and stuff like that it's brilliant it is so i still even though it was a long time ago i still keep in touch with everybody because I believe in that when you make friends with somebody, you make time for somebody, you'll, you know, you'll, even whether if it's just something as simple as liking somebody's post, making a simple comment on a coat on a post, it's still interaction with that person. Yeah. You might not talk every day, but that person's made an impression on your life at some point. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, and then obviously, um, and then I think one of them does a lot of, uh, a lot of work with um, a soccer team in uh, New York. And stuff like that. I think it's a uh, stuff like that. So you know what I mean from doing the sports side of it, and then doing the acrobat side of it. It keeps you know what I mean. It's so good to see how a lot of them have you know branched out to different things, but still in some way involved with what they love. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's something that you know, kind of everybody, like you said, involved in it one way or the other. Um, which is which is awesome. Kind of like I said, that community and. And then one thing, you know, to your point, 
too, you know, mentioned about, about Woodward, you know, I felt like that was always one of the kind of the special things about it was, you know, you have you from you from the UK and then, you know, you have uh, Heath from Australia, you got me coming out from Virginia, you got Brandon from Pennsylvania, you got, you know, all these people from all, all over the world, all over the States, you know, different, different kind of backgrounds and that stuff. But it's just like this, this, like this, this hub almost of, of just people that share the same, you know, passion one way or the other. And um, just kind of brings everybody together. Yeah, definitely. You just, regardless of, like you said, like it brings, regardless from where you are in the world, you put two wheels in a, you know, in between everybody that's got that same passion regardless of where you're from in the world and what you are, whether you're a male, female, black, white, you know, it's like you all just instantly have that same love and you, you, you're part of that, you know, that community that just thrives just to, just to be the best we can and learn from each other. Yeah. Yeah. I just, and it, 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 yeah. It, it's no, that's that. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly what it is. And, you know, and, and then I'll see the relationships, you know, on and off, you know, the bike or whatever, you know, going out to, to state college and, you know, probably having too much fun and going out exploring and caves and, you know, everything else that kind of, kind of goes along with it. Like you say, kind of builds that, that those, those long-term relationships, whether or not how, how um, often you speak with them, but, you know, you still, you know, see them on social and whatever and, and drop a comment or, you know, see how you're doing or, you know, you're never going to really forget that those memories, you know, that came with it. No, not, not at all. I just, just on a little bit of a, a tangent, were you with us at Woodward when we found that like cave hole in the ground? Were you with us then? It was like a small hole in the floor that we had to squeeze through that then opened up into a massive cave. No, I didn't. I don't know why I didn't. I, I remember you all going there and hearing about it. I don't honestly don't know what I was doing instead. Um, but I do, it, I do it, remember that. It was the most bizarre things. Like we're going to go to a cave and I was like a cave. And then we were like, yeah, we've got these little like crappy, like, $10 torches that we bought from town. <laughs> like literally you, they didn't shine like 10 feet in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> and then literally this cave was just the most uh, surreal thing. And then, but then the, it's it just started like getting bigger and bigger. And then you could just hear the lights. You could just hear rushing water. And I just freaked out. I had to get out. <laughs> I have no clue what's coming next. No, yeah, I was like, gotta get out, gotta get out. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't blame you on that one. Uh, yeah, a little, little nervous. Yeah, definitely, definitely a bit nervous. And like, I'm just trying to like have a quick look at through some obviously photos at the time, and then I was just looking at the. I've just seen a picture of, um, you know, it took what you'd say in, you know, you'd you'd sleep on the floor in your in your or in your van or in a hotel room, and I've just found a picture. Obviously, it's irrelevant for the podcast kind of thing, but like a picture of our room that we were in, and there's about ten bikes lined up in our room. <laughs> It's like 10 bikes all lined up in this room. And, and it was like, why is there so many bikes in our room? It was like, it was just, the times that we had together was just surreal and just amazing. And I'd recommend it to anybody to just put yourself outside your comfort zone. Because 
by do by doing that, I feel like you'll make more friends than you'll you will ever imagine just by putting yourself outside that comfort zone. You don't need to put yourself far and make yourself, you know, give yourself anxiety or anything like that. Just step beyond that threshold where you're comfortable with and you will make more friends than you ever imagined. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And, and, you know, there's, and, and to that, you know, there was always something different that was going on. So, you know, obviously you got like the cave story, you know, somebody said, Oh, Hey, let's go to the cave. And, and you did that that night for whatever reason, I did something else, but that's kind of the beauty of it is that there there's always something going on. So, you know, you just kind of do, do whatever you're into at that time. Um, and yeah. the, the comfort zone, I think is also a huge, a huge point, um, in regards to that as well. Without a doubt. Yeah. It's like, um, you need to, uh, like step out. You need to step beyond that point that I feel to progress. Like you can stay as you are. There's nothing wrong with staying the way you are. If you don't want to step outside your comfort zone, don't step outside that comfort zone, but if you want to progress and thrive for that adventure and go and see and meet new people, you need to make that step more than you ever know. And like from when I did that, I feel like that was the biggest stepping stone that I did other than the, the France one. I think the France, the Fr going to France and riding that competition lit the fuse of that. And then, then from there on in, like going to America and then, you know, doing living out there and meeting everybody that I did. There's not a single moment that I don't look back and go, if I could do that again, I'd do that at a drop of a hat with, without even a blink of an eye. I'd be like, I'd be there. That'd be me. Yeah. Yeah. No, same thing. I, you know, I, I miss, miss all of those, those memories and moments and that kind of stuff and still have the, the random dreams every once in a while, you know, something random at, you know, whatever my mind makes up at, you know, Woodward though, and, and remembering some kind of weird construed memory from those. Um, so obviously, and, and kind of, I thought it was interesting kind of what you said, you know, you know, France was kind of the, the fuse almost that was lit. And then obviously you, you kind of got the big bang, you know, when, when you came over to the States and experienced that. So, so I guess after your time there, obviously, you know, we talked about a lot of different memories and experiences and, and people that you met there, but, you know, I, I guess after that summer was over, you know, did, did you have any other opportunities where you kind of traveled um, outside of your, your comfort zone, you know, kind of for, for those same reasons? Um, from then after that, I'm going to say no, not really. Other than just your general vacations, uh, no. Um, it's like, so when I came back from America, I obviously still riding my bike. I was, I was probably at the best I'd ever ridden kind of thing. And um, so I felt like my riding was at a real good point and carry on riding, push myself. And then, and then I had a crash. And, um, before I came out to America, I'd already had, um, full reconstruction on my right knee. I had a, a blown ACL, um, a, a crushed meniscus, um, and a partially torn and a partially torn right kneecap before I came out. So I had the surgery before I came out and then I was, I was, I was well healed by the time I got back from America and then uh, it'd been a couple of years and then obviously I come back and then I was riding again 
and then I crashed again. And I basically, I thought I had done the same again. So I had to go for uh, some MRI scans uh, on my knee and it turned out that I had um, squashed my uh, meniscus which is basically the cartilage that's between your like your femur and your your shin bone, like between you know behind the kneecap. Okay, I think that's what it is. Obviously, don't hold me to that, but I'm <laughs> no medical expert. Um, and basically, I was getting a lot of pain from it, so I had to have again another surgery on my right knee. They um, and at the end of the surgery, the uh, lovely surgeon turned around to me and he was like okay, I've been inside and I'm going to give you some information. He goes, I've cut out all, I've, all, I've had to do, all I could do this time is I could just cut out what was there. There wasn't real much to repair. I could only cut out the damaged stuff. And I was like, okay. And he basically turned around and said, you're putting so much impact on your knees, um, you know, i.e. crashing or, you know, doing whatever with, with obviously BMX is a high impact sport he turned around he's like you are unfortunately uh have a small amount of like early signs of arthritis in the joint and he goes i would advise you to choose wisely in how much you ride bmx unfortunately and i was like he's like in what sense he's like he was like he goes well let's put it this way if you carry on riding the way you are he goes, I reckon by the, if you, obviously, because I was, by this point, I was like, so I was late 20s after, obviously, a couple of, you know, carried on riding and stuff like that. And uh, so I was late 20s. And he was like, so I reckon by the time, if you carried on riding into your 40s, you'd need a knee by the time you were in your 40s. Oh. He goes, because the joint would just get more and more painful. And I, he goes, I can't rebuild the joint that's there or, the, you know, the arthritis that was there. And I was like, it, even to this day, it doesn't bother me. It's not sore. It's not, it's not painful, but I just took on board what he told me. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, uh, and then I was like, so I asked him, I genuinely asked him, like, what should I do? I was like, I was like, I said, can I ride mountain bikes? And he was like, no, cause that is like, that's kind of the same thing. It's a lot of impact. <laughs> cause he, you know, obviously as soon as I get on a, on a mountain bike, first thing I'd want to do is I'd want to jump it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, have you considered road cycling? And I was like, eh. I was like, road cycling, like the Lycra boys. And he, <laughs> he felt, I was like, he was like, yeah. He goes, it's really good for you. It's no impact. It's great. It's really good. It's just really good for you. And I was like. So do you cycle? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so he tried to sell me something he didn't do. I was like, uh, okay. Uh, and then, so after my surgery, he, I did take some of that advice on board and I bought myself a relatively cheap road bike. And uh, I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be one of them guys that wears all this Lycra. I'm not going to be one of them. <laughs> and, um, and then obviously I started riding, I did a bike ride, I did 10 miles. I was like, wow, the sense of achievement. I got off riding 10 miles alone. I was like, it was almost like pulling your first, you know, like when you were a kid and you, pull, you pulled your first 180 bunny off. Yeah. yeah. I was like, it was, I was like, oh my God, I've rode 10 miles. 
And then I was like, and then I'd like, I'd ride 20 miles, 30, 50. I was like, I've run 50 miles, you know what I mean? And then I started to realize that I was getting the same sense of achievement and or the same almost adrenaline kick of riding a particular distance or a particular speed on my road bike than I was doing BMX tricks. I was like, it, and I was like, it does, it transfers across. So, and then I was obviously, and then, the, and then uh, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll try a, a Lycra top. I got a Lycra top and, <laughs> uh, then I got then I got the shorts then I got the glasses <laughs> and, and, and so forth and then then uh, about about a year into it I've after about a year into road cycling I got a better bike put more money into it and and then uh, a company in the UK uh, a company called uh, Stolen Goat they um, actually approached me and in a sense they they sponsored me to ride in their in their clothing wow and like oh, yeah like uh and i was like me and like I, I, at this point i i didn't race like don't get me wrong i'm no i'm, I'm no podium winner racer or anything like that it's like but obviously the stuff i was posting on my social media they were like you know like an ambassador for them they were like um you're like we like what you post you know we like what you do you wear our stuff go onto our website pick a load of stuff and wear it and post it and promote it and we'll send you stuff and I was I was I was baffled by it then and so I was like okay I was like and I thought to myself like I really love this I love this as much as I do BMX do you know what I mean so that transition made life real smooth and I was getting the same adrenaline fix out of riding road bikes than I was from there and, and then I started doing photo shoots with stolen goat um they then and then the traveling comes back into it then is then um they stolen goat then flew me out to gran canaria and a couple of us out there to uh, in spain to uh do some photo shoots with uh promoting new products and then riding up um actual volcanoes uh, mountains it just you know real testing your ability to ride a bike was just mind blowing, and then the that's when the bug really bit me with road cycling, in the traveling, and even more getting out in the world even more again, because riding up these mountains that take like an hour and a half just to get to the top, to then come back down it in fifteen minutes at about an average speed of about forty five mile an hour on a push bike. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Where's where? Why isn't there going to be an adrenaline rush there? Yeah, it's really interesting too. You know, obviously, upsetting news. You know, when you had that surgery and that kind of stuff. But you know that you took heart to to you know what the surgeon said and even his advice about the cycling, even though he didn't do it himself. But so, yeah, that that you still you know once you did try it that that to your point you know you found the same you know, it sounds like you found everything, you know, the same, the same kind of internal competition, the same adrenaline rush, the same, uh, the travel opportunities, a community with it, that kind of all just translated over to a, a bigger, um, a yes. bigger set of wheels, you know, but still with the same kind of premise. Definitely, uh, that was one thing that got me to it. And the, the same again, like I was a bit nervous joining, 
um, some cycling clubs because um, in the road cycling community, there's there's a lot more uh, social aspect to it. Um, there's clubs that you can join, and then there's racing teams you can join. Um, but then obviously, I made a real tight. Then again, again, I made a real tight set of friends again, a new set, even into my thirties. I made, you know, as they say, you know, it's harder to make friends as you get older. But for me, with then taking up road cycling. I made friends, like you said, you know, you know where I said at the start where I made a community of friends that none of us had nothing in common other than cycling. Yeah. So again, in my thirties now, I made um, friends that live in Manchester. That's 45 minute drive away from me. Uh, I've got friends now in North Wales, like a 30 minute drive away from me. You know what I mean? I've got friends um, that are living in London. Uh, that's like four hours away from me. You know what I mean? And like, you know, who will then, who will commute to coming up and coming cycling with us as a, uh, you know, as a group, as a collective. And then even I've made the circle of friends that I've made from that. Um, and then there's, there's guys from the, um, like up Leeds way up uh, like, so and then there's making and then you get to see more diverse communities in cycle in the road cycling side of it um it's just brilliant it's same again i've made these whole new set of friends just through two wheels yeah that no and that and that's and that's the amazing thing and you know about I feel like that the communities from from both of those you know sports you know in, in a sense that there is that community, community, the friendship, the, kind of all, all aspects that come with it. And kind of to your point earlier, you know, or the point about BMX, you know, whether somebody's just trying to jump a box jump or, you yeah. know, do a backflip, I'm sure it's the same way as far as with road cycling, whether you're, you're pushing for time or speed or uh, getting on the podium or whatever that might be, but I'm sure there's still that same camaraderie, no matter kind of what skill level, you oh yeah without a shadow of a, is. without a shadow of a doubt it was like so the group of friends uh that obviously i said i've made uh we actually did a and then you say going back onto the traveling side of it it's like we actually was like right we're going to go to switzerland and we're going to ride up the swiss alp mountains like these Pretty are awesome. full-on yeah full full-on alpine climbs and like so it, it, obviously uh you take to get to the top of the one of the Alphard climbs, so it's a couple of hours to get to a top. You know, just all just cycling uphill for maybe an hour and 40 minutes, two hours, you know, just to get to the top. It just, and then when you've got a friend there, and like obviously they can see that you're maybe obviously not as strong as them going up that hill. What, they, what they'll do, as my friends did, is they'd slow down. Instead of just leaving you on your own, and saying I'll meet you at the top, they'll slow down and go right. Okay, just try and stay with me. You know what I mean? Just and they'll try and pace you up the mountain so you'll get to the top quicker and feeling fresher. Because if you do it as a group, as in a collective, you will achieve a goal better in yeah. cycling. So, so they they'd actually slow down and be like, "You okay? Do you want to stop?" And you're like, "You know what I mean?" Well, my friends don't tell you to stop they tell you just to like let's get to the top you stop when you're at the top <laughs> um 
And then, and then you realize that when you get to the top of that, they've supported you in every way to get you there. And then you just reap the benefits of being stood on top of an alpine mountain. And you're, you're like, what was it like? I think a couple of them were like over 2000 meters above sea level. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, and you, you are literally, you do feel like you are on top of the world and you're literally just looking out. And you can just see these white glacier mountains. You just, you just, and then you, then you realize why in some ways you feel like you've tortured yourself all the way to the top. And then you're at the top and you're like, this is why we do it. You know what I mean? Instead of like doing a trick on a BMX and you pull that trick and you're chuffed with it and then you learn it and you can do it every time. You've cycled up to the top of an Alpine mountain and gone, all that pain, all that suffering I've just put myself through, like crashing on a BMX, getting back up and doing it. You've gone, I'm at the top of an Alpine mountain. Look at this. I've cycled, cycled, pedaled with my own two legs up to the top of an Alpine mountain. Yeah. What is not a better, you know what I mean? Like you can, you blow your own mind to realize that your own human power has got you to the top of that mountain. It is brilliant. <laughs> and I can't, I can't stress out, out that sense of achievement that it gives you when you actually do it. Yeah. And probably a little more rewarding than if you just drove up there with a car, car to see that view. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause if you are obviously a James Bond fan, um, there's actually the road uh, that we that we cycled up one of them. I can't remember quite what road it is. There's actually a point that's called uh, James Bond Benz, where where he actually drives the Aston Martin up an alpine mountain. Oh, and there's actually a signpost with uh, James Bond written on it halfway up, and you can actually see. You know what I mean? So <laughs> don't get me wrong; it would be nice doing it in an Aston Martin, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe but one at the day. Same time, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe one day when it maybe win some a million dollars or something like that. <laughs> to do that alone is just a sense of achievement that I then got what I used to get from BMX. Yeah. It was that it's it's that kind of that kind of sense of achievement was just unreal. And then going up, up to the top of a, like these mountains and seeing these huge glaciers that you've that you've done you just you just find it hard to believe that you've done that all by yourself you know what i mean you that your own little human power is got you all the way up <laughs> it's brilliant it's such a it's great yeah no that sounds that sounds like an amazing time and like even in, back to your point again you know kind of everything kind of came full circle in that sense and kind of th those passions um, shifted, but you still got the same sort of reward out of them. Um, which is, which is kind of awesome to sort of hear, I guess, quote unquote, the life after BMX in that case. So, yes. so kind of, kind of to that point, you know, it, it, you know, obviously there's been a, a, a long journey there in that sense. And a lot of key points, I feel that, that we've, we've talked about, but, you know, for, for, for someone that is kind of looking to, you know, maybe find that community in that sense and that, that camaraderie and friendship and everything else that goes along with that, 
you know, what, I guess if you, you mentioned kind of Woodward being, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone in that case, what, what would, what would your advice be, I guess, of how to get over that barrier for stepping out of your comfort zone to sort of realize these, these different aspects that, that, you know, go along with the two wheels that make it a much bigger thing than just a bike that's sitting over in the corner that you hop on every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, and for me, it's, it's making, so I think the best way I could probably describe it is don't be scared to make time for yourself. Do you know what I mean? We spend our lives working for others. Don't be scared to, to make that time about you. You know, like people saying, but I've got a good job. Quit, quit that job. There's another you know one. I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, that's it. But, you know, quit that job. Even if you do love it, you know, if, if they like you as an employee, if the, the company's a big enough company, they'll probably have you when you, when you return, if there's available spaces, or there's, there's going to be another job. There's always more out there than, you know, being trapped in the nine to five. I've seen it many a time you know what I mean now it's like people who have just had you know one job you know what I mean you know they, they've been on vacations but I can't say that they've made friends like I've made friends with you yeah like we are now there's there's no way they've got stories like that we've got you know it just doesn't happen they haven't got friends that I've got you know I've got friends in like obviously not like a bragathon, but I've made so many different friends all over the world and the UK just solely off two wheels and putting myself slightly outside my comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think that's a great point. So, so, and, and I like, you know, like what you said, you know, put yourself out of your comfort zone and, and take time for yourself. And, you know, if you want to do something, try it. Cause you don't know, you know, you don't know what, what is going to be on the other end of, of trying that thing. No, exactly. It's like, like with, with you, you know what I mean? You've started your own company. You put every, I can see you put everything into it. I see by your pop-up stores you do. You know what I mean? The, the merch you sell, you know what I mean? The podcasts, you really, you know, really take, taking your own time and you've stepped outside your comfort zone by creating this in a way, haven't you? Same <laughs> yes, with, definitely. <laughs> the, same with, um, so um, let's going back to, um, obviously when I got approached by the company Stolen Goat, who, obviously they've made me the cyclist I am now because they put their faith in me, you know? So they were like, this guy cycles a lot. He loves cycling. He posts it on social media, you know, he, he'll, he promotes our kit. And like, obviously I don't know the ins and out of the company, but I've watched, so I've been with them now for about four years. I've been with them and they have, they've had my back every step of the way. If I've ever needed anything, you know what I mean? They've, they've always, they know, they've always gone, okay, let's, you know, do you want some sunglasses? Do you want some new jerseys? Do you want you know, some new cycling shorts? Um, I was like, and they just send them to me because they know what I put in with them is they get back of what I, you know, of social media, you know, like 
what's the word I'm after here to make this sound right? It's like obviously awareness yeah. of that. You know what I mean? It's like I promote their company for them. So they so they've re- and I've seen them grow and grow and grow as a company from obviously they might have been relatively big when I was part of them. I'm not saying I made that happen. I definitely did not make that happen. But they've stepped out their outside their comfort zone and they've created new products after new products by stepping outside the box because some of their designs are definitely out there from huge lightning bolts to a giant goat <laughs> a giant like a silhouette of a goat on a jersey just one giant silhouette of a goat on a jersey you know i mean they and they put faith into a design that is bold to make their company grow and it's it's paid off tenfold and the owner uh, of the company itself like i talk to him quite regularly you know we chat loads and such a nice guy and he's always looked out for me and like he's um well we've just been speaking to him today about the wheels on my bike because i've just invested in some uh, new wheels on my bike um that uh if it was american dollars i'd probably say the wheels alone were probably over two thousand dollars oh wow <laughs> just, just for the just for the wheels alone on the bike he, and he's just bought the same set and you know what I mean he's he's always and even to this day after like all this time he's still supportive of me and even though he has a business to run and I'm just I'm just a social media like I just a promoter for him he still has time for me yeah as you know as a rider so in the same sense as a community, no matter who you are, whether you are a business owner of a cycling company and you, you, he still makes time just to talk to what I call as myself as just an average cyclist, he still has the time to do that. So which builds a community, which builds friendships, then it, from there on in, it just grows. And it's like wildfire and the community grows and you get better friends, you get closer friends, bonds are made. It's just brilliant. Yeah. You kind of, you kind of plant a seed with that kind of, in a sense, and, you know, kind of, kind of grows out and, and expands from there, which is, which is awesome to your point. Like, like you said, you know, a lot of people can't uh, or don't have the opportunity to experience those things just, just because of, because, or don't realize that you can experience those types of things with something based around that community correct so 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 to that point i know you you know we've we've been uh shouting uh uh them out a little bit um uh stolen stolen goat right that's right stolen yeah yeah stolen goat and that kind of stuff so to that point where and and i know you kind of share some stuff uh or you mentioned that you share stuff on your social media and stuff for them so where where can people um you know, see, see what you're up to. Like I said, you've been shouting them out to so see where they're up to and that kind of stuff. Obviously, obviously they've been kind of supporting you um, yes. from that standpoint. Yeah. So uh, obviously uh, my Instagram handle is uh, Luke Taylor 84, all one word. 
and you can obviously the people behind me are stolen goat and it's the same with them as there's just a, just type in stolen goat into a social, any social media platform whether it be twitter instagram uh, facebook um you'll see a, a lovely green silhouette of a um, green and white silhouette of a, a goat pop up give them guys a follow they are amazing their customer service is brilliant you know they've looked after me you know they've got me to the cyclist i am today I wouldn't be anywhere about them really. You know what I mean? They've kept me going, you know, they're brilliant. They've just launched themselves with a, a nice new um, racing team as well. So to follow their racing team through the, the nationals this year, would be great to, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not that I'm, I'm not a fast enough rider to be on their team. I'm, I don't, I don't question that one bit. There's some real <laughs> strong riders out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I, I so, you know, pumped to watch all them, you know, the male team, the female team, put some solid efforts down in the racing but I uh, you know I always try and keep up to date on my social medias you know whenever I'm out going out to do a big ride whether it be uh, a 40 miler a 100 miler you know I'm always out there trying to just put some stories up there you know keep everybody entertained I suppose and now what I can suppose is the road cycling scene I've got a I'm going to try and do a a 200 mile bike ride in one day uh, in june i think with one of my friends that would be pretty awesome well everyone definitely make sure um uh you, you check check out the social media that kind of stuff uh you know like you said a lot of a lot of cool uh photos on there stuff of cycling and obviously some some pretty uh decent size uh feats coming up in in june so i'm sure you'll yep. you'll kind of share about that but you know, check yeah. them out, kind of see, talk, see the community and stuff that we've been talking about kind of this whole time. Cause it, you know, it really is powerful um, Definitely is. to, to do that. But, you know, Luke, it was, it was great chatting with you and, and kind of catching up and, and kind of, you know, kind of going deeper into the story, you know, a little bit deeper than, than what I knew you from and, and uh, Camp Woodward and that kind of stuff. So I really uh, appreciate that time to be able to catch up. And of course you sharing the story as well. And I uh, wish you, wish you the best of luck in the, the can uh the future rides and everything there and, and one of these days we will link up again i promise definitely jeremy I honestly can't thank you enough for having me on it's it's been an absolute honor as soon as you asked me to do this i was it's the first thing i could have said i said yes just have a good catch up and just have a good chat about the community that we're a part of it's been brilliant thanks very much for your time thanks for listening and hey if you've made it this far and like what you've heard go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life in motion until next time.